Hello, welcome to FinTech Impact. I'm your host, Jason Pereira. Today on the show, I have Rishi Khanna, CEO of StockTwits. StockTwits is one of the largest dedicated social media platforms for the global retail investing and trading community, where they can exchange ideas and explore how they think they can make money. And with that is my interview with Rishi. Rishi, thanks for taking the time today. Thanks, Jason. Pleasure to be here. So Rishi Khanna of StockTwits, tell us about StockTwits. Uh, so, you know, as you let up, uh, StockWits uh, is uh, one of the original social platforms for the retail investing community. It was uh, founded back in 2009, and um, we were actually the inventors of the cash tag, uh, which is now ubiquitous across the uh, kind of investing and, you know, uh, media landscape. And, you know, it's, uh, it's a platform that has grown organically over the years uh, to be a highly engaged, you know, highly liquid conversations for the communities that invest and trade in uh, what started off as U.S. stocks, uh, but now has become broader than that. We cover today, we cover U.S. equities, uh, Canadian equities, Indian equities, as well as uh, the crypto community and, uh, and some other uh, assets like NFTs and stuff as well. So we're uh, a really highly engaging place for uh, the global community to come, connect, learn, and, uh, you know, hopefully have fun while profiting. Excellent. So let's uh, let's talk about the history of this. How did this come to be? Absolutely. So uh, you know, it was uh, founded back in uh, the late 2000s. You know, when you know Twitter first came onto the scene in 06, 07, if you recall, and and uh, you know the co-founders, including uh, like Howard Lindzen, one of the co-founders, and uh, you know pretty well known in the fintech community and the venture uh, community. You know, they were looking for a place for the investing and trading community to come and connect. Originally built on top of Twitter and Twitter's APIs, but they soon left that. I, I believe in 2010. Smartly so, um, as everyone's learning again. But uh, they uh, and built our own, you know, kind of community network. And I think, you know, the big difference is in the beginning it was also how are conversations organized. Whereas, you know, generalist platforms like a Twitter uh, and whatnot are kind of you follow people and, and then you try to find the conversations. Uh, Stockwitz also organized conversations by the by the ticker symbol, so the cash tag, right? So you can follow Apple. You don't necessarily have to follow. 40 people, you can follow Apple, you can follow Tesla, you can follow NVIDIA today, right? Or, or uh, you know, whatnot. So, so I think, you know, how conversations were organized and then the verticalization of the community. So, uh, you know, being able to see the charts and the data and contextual conversation allowed uh, Stockwoods to kind of grow and was, I think, you know, the main problem they solved back 14 years ago. Excellent. All right. So basically, how'd you get involved? <laughs> Well, so you know, I've, I've known StockTwits for a long time. I uh, I think I created my account back in 2010, and um, uh, so I've known the company for a long time. I actually met Howard and the team back in 2010 to, through a mutual friend, and um, you know, was always kind of uh, you know found it interesting. And I love you know kind of networks and and marketplaces and social you know kind of uh, social networks as well. And you know, kind of in late 19, uh, I was approached by the team to come uh, join and and help them uh, kind of. Build the next leg of the vision, let's call it, right? Um, where for a long time, Stockwoods was very much uh, just about that social feed and the community, and which we still is the heart of us today. But you know, there's uh, an opportunity to deliver more value to our uh, community and to the consumer across the investing life cycle. And you know, that was the challenge. Now, I joined in January 2020. So uh, you know, what we all time? recall. <laughs> so the world changed drastically within the first couple of months of my joining. And um, uh, so 2020 was very much a... a you know, so all a, the increased a, volume was due to you joining, right? Like all the increased volume on trading and everything that was... hundred percent. The world was yeah. like, oh, yeah, but... Uh, Look, we should yeah. join. We should trade more. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Bullish signal. Bullish signal. Bullish uh, signal. Okay. So let's jump into um, let's let's jump into basically that value chain. Okay. So I think it's pretty straightforward. 
having a dedicated social media outlet that is specifically around one common interest, right? This is not, whether it be a message board or a social media outlet, There, this is not uncommon where like minds find like minds and basically yeah. then tools or experiences can be built around that one purpose, right? Makes a lot of sense, right? Because when you're servicing one community, it's easier to do that and create value than it is to service all communities. So, well, let's talk about the expansion of value beyond just communication and social. Talk about how that works. Yeah, so I think fundamentally where we come from and how we think about it is the investing life cycle, right? So in our space of money and markets and the investing life cycle, and, and I'll simplify the investing life cycle to ideation, to research, to execution, to management, to ideation, to research, to execution, to management, right? So in a general sense, whether you invest in stocks or crypto or private companies or bonds or commodities, that's the general life cycle that you will go through. One could argue in 2021, it was maybe ideation straight to execution and back to ideation to execution. But but generally speaking, you know, you hope there's a research layer, you hope, you know, you're doing portfolio management as well. And the way we look at it is social and our community can sit at the heart of that and enrich that in, in ways that are unique to social and communities. Because a lot of a lot of the process is relatively commoditized with respect to the data and information available, right? Like, hey, market data is market data when it comes to equities. I don't get to make up prices, sadly. I don't get to make up market caps, et cetera. You did, you'd have some uh, SEC troubles. So it's, yeah, uh, you know, but, uh, you know, but it'd still be fun for a couple of days. And uh, so, you know, we don't get to make up that kind of data. You don't get to make up earnings reports and transcripts and all these other things that are relatively commoditized. And, but at the same time, those are critical aspects of the investing life cycle. And so how do we approach that life cycle and provide uh, both the community, the tools in a, from a communication perspective, but then also provide what I call tools and data, right? So unlocking the data, for example, that's available uh, through StockTwits, the social sentiment data that we have, the trending activity data, the messaging volumes and the activity, things that are proprietary unique to us that nobody else has access to, we want to unlock to help give as a as a source, as a data point, as a signal, right? There's no single silver bullet. If we had a silver bullet, we'd probably be running a hedge fund, right? But uh, there's no single civil bullet. But, you know, in a process and as a tool set, you know, when when you want to get access to data and information, and, and that's that's the name of the game in, when it comes to investing and trading, we want to be there and provide our community with both the commodity data, fundamentals, technicals, et cetera, but also the things that are unique. And then in the form of content and community, what are what are the tools that we can provide, whether it's everything from basic things like alerts and notifications to more advanced portfolio analytics and whatnot that we're considering working on. So how do we enable that life cycle? Execution is the one piece that's a little bit of an outlier. And so last year we launched trading in directly in the StockTwits app. And so we have our own subsidiary broker dealer. And so you can now open an account on StockTwits and trade equities, and we'll be launching other asset classes in the coming months and quarters. So connecting the dots, because when you think about it, Execution is actually the thing that you're working up to, whether it's you know ideation to research or portfolio management, but it's the thing that takes the least amount of time. And so why make our users go elsewhere? And then how can we enrich that execution experience? Buying a stock takes 10 minutes, right? Or 10 seconds, sorry. Less than that, really, five seconds, right? Selling takes you know a few seconds. Options might be a little bit more you know, uh, involved. They might take 15 seconds, 20 seconds, 30 seconds. But you know, for us to be a part of it, and that doesn't mean you know you have to use us, but you know, we want to be able to offer our community the full tool set and then enrich it through social. So content, community, execution on the other end, and the tools and data that we provide to our community and things that are unique to StockTwits that nobody else can really do. 
Well, it makes sense. I mean, the you have the eyeballs. I think the most valuable currency online is attention, right? Yeah. You're you're dragging them in with with information, with community community collaboration, and then you're converting that into the downstream execution piece, which makes a lot of sense. So I guess this is a good time to ask you. Talk to me about your monetization strategy. How are you monetizing off this platform? Yeah. So today we're still primarily an advertising driven uh, business, right? So today we our community content business, I'll call it, which is our you know social networks and stuff. That is primarily a media business model, right? So it's advertising, um, and, and that's where a large percentage of our revenue comes from. Going forward, in these two other strategies that I kind of touched on, one is the execution business, right, which is the trading and stuff. That is a transactional business model, generally speaking. Now. The, the thing most people, I think, don't realize, especially in the U.S., and I can't necessarily speak as well outside the U.S., but in the U.S., equity trading is not a great business model. Um, it's very hard to generate revenue to cover costs in terms of for well, it's equity. highly, highly commoditized. I mean, like... Highly commoditized, right? And, you guys and have I, free trading platforms, like multiple yeah. free trading platforms. I mean, pretty much all the big ones are free from an equity trading perspective. And so there, really, that's like, I call that a loss leader, right? Like if you're going to go into you know, equities as a loss leader, obviously, as you get into things like options and other asset classes, there are transactional fees. So whether on options, it's contract fees. And then there's things like, you know, share lending, uh, payment for order flow, interest on uh, interest on cash type thing. Uh, so th- there are those, but other asset classes, as you even move out from equities and options, have transactional fees associated. And, and you know, as we explore those, there's those opportunities for us. But then the business that we're really focused, the product line that we're really focused on launching second half of this year is, again, what I call our tools and data business, which is married to a subscription model. And so how do we provide premium value, unique value, again, whether it's through our proprietary data or other partnerships to our community? And it's not going to be everybody, right? But in a way that, you know, we'll, we get some, you know, we'll get some portion of the community and some portion of our user base to that values this data, that values this information and sign up and, and subscriptions. And so that's, you know, what we see as a part of our future. But, you know, we are a um, diversified kind of both product model as well as business model. And, uh, you know, we hope that that kind of, they grow together. Well, excellent. Right. So you've basically got, and it's, it's, it makes sense. Like the end of the day, you're providing a platform that is a social media platform where the monetization strategy has always been advertising. So you're doing no yep. different than anywhere else. Yep. You're monetizing by providing more of a flow through experience. Where do you see it going from here? Like where, what, what are your plans that you can share without violating any kind of NDA? <laughs> God, do you care? Yeah. So, I mean, I think if we take a, well, I think there's two dimensions. The first dimension, which I think is very straightforward, is kind of our horizontal expansion that we're working on. So for the longest time up until I joined, uh, Stockwitz was primarily a US-focused business, right, from a platform. Now, we had users from all over the world coming on to discuss US stocks or crypto, but we didn't focus on other markets. And I think that's our first kind of from a horizontal perspective. Like I said, we have launched, I shared what we have Indian stocks on. So we've launched in India and we want to continue launching other countries. And what that means is, hey, we're going to cover those tickers and we'll have the data and the information we'll, and we're going to work on creating communities to have discussions around stocks in India, stocks in Australia, in the UK, and so on and so forth, right? As we add countries. So there is just that very simple, like, you know, how do we become the global platform for the global retail investing community? Well, we've got to be global in terms of our coverage. So that's part one of it. I think part two is 
taking a step above the concept of just straight social is we sit at this intersection where live is a really important element. And the thing I say all the time is there's really only two places left where live matters, setting breaking news aside. Breaking news is always live uh, kind of concept, but it's really markets and sports. Yeah. Right? Those are the last two kind of bastions. And as you can see, they're both kind of pretty highly tied to money and markets, right? Sports, the reality is, is the NFL wouldn't be the NFL today if it wasn't for fantasy sports and sports gambling, right? Um, and, and that applies to more and more sports. And, you know, you see that with the rise of uh, sports gambling in the U.S., and which has been very common outside of the U.S., but, uh, you know, here now it's coming to the U.S. across many states. And so I look at us and our opportunity is, as we grow in this culture of money and markets and live, right? How do we expand the asset classes and kind of the types of things that our community and users are interested in? Because even in the world of investing and trading, that's not all one big cohort, right? I mean, there's a tremendous number of like micro communities or tribes, as I call them, even within that. So, you know, on one end, you have trading and the extreme side where day trading, swing trading, momentum trading, technical analysts, et cetera. And on the other side, you can have value-based fundamental investors, growth investors, or sector-specific investors, or for a minute we had you know, SPAC investors only, um, things like that. So there's this wide world. And so how do we expand the conversation and the enablement around all the different asset classes that are now available to retail? Because hey, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, when I was growing up and the options available to my dad was strictly kind of stocks and mutual funds, right? I mean, that's what you could invest in. Today, we have stock, ETFs, bonds, crypto. All of a sudden, everyone's a, you know, a T-bill investor. Then you have alternatives across the board, whether it's things like fractionalized access to real estate and art, or whether it's yield producing products and other access to alternatives like PE funds and venture funds, or even direct investing in private companies. These are all asset classes that are now available to the individual investor and trader. And you know, you can argue that everyone should have some exposure to alternatives in different ways or some exposure to other asset classes, depending on their sophistication and risk level. And so how do we enable that conversation? How do we facilitate that? How do we facilitate helping people connect and find their tribes and then facilitate giving them the opportunity to have great conversation and learning and ideally, like I said, hopefully over the long-term profiting and building wealth. Excellent. So, I mean, besides the normal collaboration and kind of Twitter-like experience that you have, I yeah. mean, you have a couple other breakouts. Like, you would talk to me about your Rooms option. How does that work? So, Rooms, in today's parlance, because uh, Rooms has been around for a while, but in today's parlance, our, our premium Rooms specifically would be analogous to, you know, our creator solution, right? And so, this was born out of, at the end of the day, there are Again, what today we would call influencers in the space of investing and trading, right? I mean, if you go back decades, I mean, one of a big area of business in the investing and trading space is things like today are email newsletters, but back were actually like, you know, printed out letters and stuff that you would get. So trusted experts, trusted advisors uh, that, you know, you would subscribe to, whether it's about learning, maybe you want to learn how to options trade, right? Like you've never done options trading, you want to learn how to options trade. Or, hey, this guy is like an expert or yeah, an expert in a particular biotech or pharma or growth tech. And so, hey, they're going to share their ideas and share their lessons. And so Premium Rooms was a way to enable our community members that have large followings. You know, we have community members with tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of followers that might want to monetize their following 
because they are providing value, right? And, and so premium rooms are essentially just the ability for any, not any user, we kind of filter and vet each one and we're quite conservative on that one. But you know, they can create a room where they're going to offer whatever it is, education, ideation, uh, whatever it may be, and they get to set their price. And we facilitate that. And so people can join the room and pay with your credit card. And it's whatever, monthly, quarterly, annual. It's very, today, similar to the substacks of the world and the beehives of the world, which are in the newsletter space. We are in kind of a, the kind of private room. And that's why we call it rooms, right? Space. So that's really for that creator economy side of things. But yeah, I mean, I'll stop there for you. <laughs> Makes sense. All right, cool. So the so you got that. You've also got this ranking system. So that's, that's just, this is just tracking trends of stocks, correct? Yeah. So I mean, I think that's a really uh, well, a, a very highly uh, popular feature on the platform. But I think it's it's also I think reflects the power of the community and helping especially new users come in and understand and and try to understand how to think about stocks and how to think about the markets and look at the markets from a community lens. The trending every day, you get a sense of what is the pulse of the markets? What are people talking about? What are they looking at? So over the last few months, obviously things like AI and, and, and video specifically have been super hot. So you would have found a lot of trending AI uh, related tickers on that platform. And oftentimes you learn and discover new companies. Like I look at that multiple times a day and usually half to, you know, maybe sometimes not always half, but a large percentage of those tickers are new to me because there's 5,000, 6,000 public companies uh, in the US side alone. How can you follow them all? And so it helps you kind of learn and understand, oh, okay, hey, this is what's talking about maybe because there's breaking news. Uh, again, recently, uh, depending on when this is published, right? Uh, uh, crypto has been in the lens with all the SEC uh, lawsuits against Binance and Coinbase. And so you things, see things trending related to that. It's a great way, and our social data helps capture the pulse of the markets. So whether it's trending, whether it's seeing, hey, what are the most new followed, the most active streams, which is just kind of on a raw basis versus trending, which is on a relative basis. These are great tools to discover the markets on a daily basis and then drill in and see, okay, what is the conversation about? What are people talking about? What are their ideas? Are they bullish? Are they bearish on this company or, or whatever the announcement was? So and be trending based on earnings, based on news, based on other event-driven factors. And it's a great way to you know, kind of stay on top of markets without having to kind of always look up a specific company or, or a specific uh, you know, ticker. Excellent. Excellent. So, all right. So we basically covered the downstream. We covered the communication. What else should we know about your platform? Yeah, I think the other thing, social is hard, right? And so I think, and as we've grown, while we are not, we're not the size of the Twitters and the Facebooks and the, the TikToks of the world, we are still of significant scale, right? We have millions of members and we have millions of monthly audience. And so one of the challenges that we face that we are you know, really trying to tackle head on is, is the same challenges everyone else faces around kind of moderation, kind of community rules and content and quality. And so we've been working pretty hard on that. And uh, we don't have the same level of resources as some of these other companies do uh, to tackle it, but we're applying kind of three layers that we tackle that from, right? So there's a technology layer. We're augmenting that with some new partners in the coming weeks and months where they typically leverage, you know, AI, machine learning uh, tools and to identify uh, posts that maybe don't meet our guidelines and rules. And then we leverage our community to help that moderation side where you know, people can report 
posts or report users. And then finally, that filters down to our own team that we have in-house. We have a handful of folks that are kind of monitoring and helping to monitor kind of all these reports and everything that's coming through. And I speak to that because what we hope that, you know, a big area that we work on, what we hope that'll help enable is to help folks discover the community members that are really terrific, like writing great content out there, putting great posts. And now we're manifesting that or kind of sharing that with our community through a new feature, our trending streams. So the one thing that's been very different about StockFlits over the last 15 years compared to the Twitters and the Instagrams and the Facebooks of the world is we've always been kind of reverse chronological, meaning you see the newest post at the top of the stream, whereas almost oh, everybody- so. <laughs> no one wants a tweet from three days ago on stock markets. Well, fair enough. But that doesn't mean you necessarily don't want a, you know, a message from or a post from an hour ago or two hours ago, right? Where there's a lot of value or interest. And so, you know, we've been working on that through our kind of the release of our uh, beta feature, our, our trending streams, which gives an option. Like we will never get rid of our latest, which is pure reverse cron. And you can see every post, right? Uh, by most recency. But I think to help the community and help new investors and new users that are coming onto the platform discover great people to follow and great conversations to follow, that's an area we're spending a lot of time. And I think that's really important from a from a markets and just quality of conversation perspective. So that's, you know, that's one big area. And then, you know, I think the other area that is going to be big for us is, which I've touched on already, is around the data and, and unlocking the value of data and helping our community understand, you know, we recently released our new version of our sentiment data, which we'll go into, you know, kind of more detail with. And so, and I can't go into too many details around that, but, uh, but there's, you know, like there's, it's really interesting to kind of look at that sentiment data over time and how it relates to the movements in the market. So that, that's a secondary area. And then finally, like we do spend a lot of time and we're actually working on some great new features that, you know, will come out over the next quarter around really differentiating social features, right? And that, and how does the community really communicate with each other beyond, you know, just conversation, but through information and sharing information or creating data of their own to uh, enrich the investing kind of just knowledge and information. So I think that'll be a big area, essentially something that's very unique to us. Like very few other people can do it because you need the kind of organic social community to be able to do some of these features. Well, before we wrap up, just three questions I asked everyone then on a positive note. The first one is, is if you had one wish for something you could change in your company, the industry as a whole, what would it be? One wish you could change something. Okay. Stumps everyone, but it's. Yeah. <laughs> I think, and this probably applies to broader industries, but because we're at this intersection of social and markets, I wish we could change the default kind of position of trust that people have in communications, right? I, I think we've, over the recent few years, we've switched to a default of cynicism and distrust, which maybe is the right position from a markets thing. But I think to have healthy conversation, you have to come from a place of, okay, not everyone is being malicious and and is attacking. And so how do you improve the trust in the conversation? And I think that's something that's been lost over the years. And it's it's not specific to Stockwitz. I think it's the general kind of societal and social kind of media thing. Fair enough. I think you keep <laughs> your finger on the social media challenge right now. Second question has been, what's, is, what's been the biggest challenge in the platform to where it is today? Well, especially for me coming on three and a half years ago and the platform being around for 14 years, I think there is this, it's a healthy tension, but there is a, both a challenge and tension of 
kind of what has been and users get used to what is. And so when you need to make or want to make big changes because you do believe it's in the best interest of the platform and the community and delivering more value, that's a challenge, right? Because users hate change. They're generally not down for change, especially if they've been using, we have users that have been on for 10 plus years on the platform, right? So changing things is a challenge. And over those years, you accumulate, you know, design debt, technical debt. And those are things that, you know, are real for us. Like, our iOS app is not like a two-year-old app. It's a 10-year-old app, right? And so it's been built over the years. And uh, so the challenges of change when you are when you have a strong community and user base and, and over a very long period of time is, is difficult. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> definitely, definitely, you know, no one likes change, but at the same time, it's like, think back to how many times people have complained about changes to Facebook, yet every time they yeah. made a change, the engagement numbers went up. So yeah. it's not so much that everybody doesn't like change, it's the ones who don't like are the ones who speak up the most. So can't not evolve because of that. And the last question I have for you is what excites you about what it is you're working on and keeps you getting up in the morning, keep on fighting the good fight every day? Well, I mean, I think first and foremost, like we're not a big company, but we're, we're a small team. And, you know, I think we all share this passion and vision. So it's fun to work with them to tackle something that is a really big challenge of social community and markets. And, um, you know, I think we have a team that we punch way above our weight class for, for what our size is and getting to work with them and getting to like kind of take on these challenges and problems every day is fun. Like I'm an entrepreneur at heart and, and to, you know, I've, I've been doing startups since the dot-com days. And a big part of that is tackling the challenges themselves and the people you get to take it on with. Like that, I mm -hmm. think is to me the most the most fun. And as you get to take on bigger and bigger problems and bigger and bigger challenges, the rewards as well as the pitfalls tend to be, uh, you know, kind of bigger, but you know, we have a fun time doing it. And I think we're fortunate to have the team we do. Good, I'll keep it up. So Rishi, thank you so much for your time. Greatly appreciate it. Anyone who's interested, please check out Stocktwits. Thanks, Jason. Appreciate it. So that was today's interview with Rishi Khanna of Stockwitz. Hope you enjoyed that. And as always, if you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, or whatever's in your podcast. And until next time, take care. This podcast was brought to you by Woodgate Financial, an award-winning financial planning firm catering to high net worth individuals and their families. To learn more, go to woodgate.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, or find more episodes at jasonperera.ca.